Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Just before we started, we had some great uh, uh, conversation around how God is using this COVID uh, as a way to maybe wake up the church. That's certainly been one of the topics we've been discussing that uh, uh, it's not necessarily just a lockdown. We just have to wait for things to get back to normal. And nobody knows when things will get normal or if, if they will. But there's so many opportunities. And uh, there haven't been any statistics in Finland, but in Britain they... they had statistics showing that one in four of young adults in Britain attended an online church experience, which is around 25%, and normal that's around 4 to 6% or something like that, mm-hmm. which shows that there's a spiritual hunger uh, that COVID is highlighting. And um, we'll li- uh, so the ex- resources put out by Exponential are excellent. I, I read some of those, uh, including your book, uh, Ralph, uh, that around Mega Multi Micro. If that was the final title, I can't remember. Uh, and what is happening in the US is, a, is a, a sense of a movement towards this. And a lot of those movements uh, are either through digital means or or through relational networks, they are quite, uh, you might call them organic or decentralized or or, uh, emphasizing living as spiritual families. And uh, from what I can tell, Ralph, you seem to be having a lot of connection with those groups. And I'm just curious, uh, from your point of view, what are you seeing people discover? Why do you think this move is happening now? The whole COVID thing has added an interesting complication, depending on how you look at it, or yeah. an opportunity, depending on your paradigm. As as we see COVID, we see opportunity because churches have, I mean, the easiest thing in the world is to put your pastor's face on Facebook Live on Sunday morning. Yeah. But that's not really doing a whole lot other than, you know, feeding the sheep, whatever. But yeah. um, those churches that have done two other things, they've, they've gone to Zoom groups, so they're operating micro churches within the church, and that's been a really healthy thing. And then some churches are actually running Facebook ads uh, pinpointed to local communities, which costs very little money. I ran a Facebook ad this morning uh, for $20 for five days, and uh, I'm, I'm questioning pastors on what's the biggest frustration they're going through right now. Yeah. But some are are taking an ad like that, they put up a little graphic, they make a little post on their church Facebook page, and then they, they reach into a, a specific zip code, and they ask a, a question, and then they begin a dialogue with that person, and they bring them into the church. So we're seeing that 30%, roughly 30% of churches, depending on who you ask, the Southern Baptists say 49%, uh, the George Barna group says 30%, of, of American churches are showing growth due to COVID. And some of them massive growth. One church that we planted in Hawaii now has about had about 7,000 members, 
But since COVID, they have more than 50,000 people watching their sermons around the world. Uh, one of my friend's pastors in a very poor community in Omaha, Nebraska, African-American congregation, mixed race, but he's African-American. Yeah. And they are in, they planted new churches in Omaha. They're, they planted in St. Louis, in, in Kansas City, in New Jersey, in Chicago, in Harare, Zimbabwe, in um, Kampala, Uganda, and in Brixton, London, England. All from the little church, they're, they're touching over 5,000 people a week. But here's the yeah. kicker. They've, they've found leadership among the people they've, they've attracted online, people they've never met face-to-face. -face. And, the, and the lead pastor has sort of built a, a, a leadership training structure in the last seven weeks. And yeah. he's meeting with people who are meeting with people who are meeting with the, the members. Of the, yeah. they're, they're building local churches in these communities and so we see um, that God is really refocusing the American church off of the big church thing or the big box and he's focusing the, the congregation on disciples who make disciples and in churches that plant churches we all had high hopes for the mega church thing the, yeah you know, it's obviously easy to make people who who score well at any game your hero it, yeah. Know, if it's if it's someone in basketball or someone in in football, then they they become a hero. If it's a politician, they become a hero. So yeah, the big church pastors are heroes, and everybody reads their books, and and pretty soon we discover all their books are are a sermon series they preach, and somebody wrote the book for them, and we're a little disappointed. And then we begin to see the overall numbers of the church dropping at a very alarming rate, and so that's yeah. us up for hunger for something new and so what's really happening is people are rediscovering the new testament you know i i read yeah the book of acts when i was uh, 17 years old i memorized matthew i was in a goofy kind of a bible quiz and i memorized the gospel of matthew and i found jesus as a as a rebel against the established mm. religious order which marked my life actually it set me up yeah yeah i was a real quiet kid who would never see myself as rebellious toward anything, but something got inside my soul through that. Yeah. And then I was in college and I was very frustrated. I came from a big church, a, a, what would have been a mega church in the day, 1,300 people. And this is like 1965 that I left Portland, Oregon to move to Los Angeles. And I attended uh, this Bible college and there was a, a big church there, a big empty church. The building holds 6,000 people. They had 400 attending. And I was just so frustrated. I thought, these people don't know anything. You know, I'm a, I'm a punk. I'm, I'm yeah, 19 yeah. years old. I know everything there is to know. And, and my professors are all stupid, and I'm smart. And yeah. So I'm going to prove them wrong by reading um, the book of Acts five times a week for my whole second year of college. The whole thing. Yeah, at least yeah. five times. And so I, I, I set out, I'm going to build an Acts 2 church. I'm going to build a mega church. I didn't use the term mega church because I didn't yeah, know it. Yeah. But yeah, then that's I pretty great. To yeah. look at the book of Acts as a continuum. And what I saw was the church in its infancy went right into mega church status. But as it matured, it spread. And yeah. it resisted maturity because Jesus had said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Acts chapter 1 8 tells us to go to the nations. Acts chapter 8, 1 
we find the apostles remaining in Jerusalem, remaining disobedient to Jesus. In the face of persecution, they're courageous, but they're disobeying. And and the members then spreading throughout the world and actually accomplishing the Great Commission. And then it's some of those people in Acts 11 that take the gospel to Antioch, and some of them then cross a racial barrier and reach Gentile people. And then from there, we begin to see this movement that takes the form of disciple making at small churches all across the Mediterranean world and into Southern Europe. And because of that, you and I are here talking today. Yeah, yeah. In America, we're kind of coming back and going, wow, this stuff was always here. And we missed it. Somehow we got caught up in in all the church growth products and we forgot to read the gospel in the book of Acts. Yeah. Yeah, it was a wonderful story uh, to actually highlight one of your podcasts you share about a pastor who sat down with another pastor had some complaints about his house church network. And I think he said that, why don't you use the Bible and explain to me what you're doing and I'll, I'll do the same. And, and I think the pastor replied, ah, well, I can't do that. And um, that's something I, I see a lot among young Christians in Finland. They say, a hunger for more, a more authentic experience of church life, and uh, and um, I think all young people as well as older have a God-given desire to make a difference in the world, to live a life that matters. And um, I'm curious, Ralph, out of your experience, uh, if uh, you are finding yourself uh, stuck with a uh, a church experience that doesn't reflect the book of Acts uh, and you long for something more. Uh, what would you say to somebody in that position, uh, being in that same choice and uh, wondering what should I do with life? What does it look like to follow Jesus? It depends on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking <laughs> to a person who is a follower and they're always yeah. going to be a follower, I would tell them you need to go church shopping. You need to find another group. And you probably need to do that by starting online and maybe by even uh, mm. posing some questions in Facebook and, and, and then following those leads. If it's a leader, I'm going to tell that leader, you probably need to step out and start something new. Uh, mm. When I started out, uh, we had no money. We, we did have an empty building that was given to us. And uh, we, we, they said, they, they use the word now, they said that we parachuted into the community, yeah. which meant my wife and I moved uh, 45 miles away across the mountain, so where we didn't know anybody. And I started uh, going door to door. First, I started knocking on doors and talk, trying to talk to people. They got mad at me. So then I began to just leave. I, I'd create a little piece of literature that wasn't just come to our church. It was literature that told the story of something good that happened to somebody in our church. And I'd, I'd just yeah. go and I'd wedge them in the screen door of their house. And if they were out there, you know, on a Saturday, maybe they're washing their car or something, I'd walk up very humbly and I'd kind of bow down a little bit and I'd, and I'd hold it out. i go, could I give this to you? Well, often that person would talk to me and yeah. they'd end up in church in the next 10 days. And so I, I went to 13,000 houses in a place called Manhattan wow. Beach, California. And I could... Pretty much I could go to about 125 houses an hour. We didn't have enough money to mail these things. And yeah. today I would use the internet a little bit more and I'd, I'd learn to use Facebook ads, but I'd try to reach uh, people who didn't know anything about God 
or were, were interested. And I'd be a little controversial in, in what I put on today. I ran an ad that uh, on Facebook, and this would just give you an example. This was, I, I want to know what problems pastors are facing. And so I, I, I made a graphic, and it's a, it's a picture of light shining from the clouds onto a beautiful lake. Yeah. And then it says, hey, God, are you deaf or what? Uh, which is a little controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put, it's some, not uh, something you say as a pastor. This is a paraphrase of Habakkuk, who's going, oh, Lord, why don't you ever listen? And then I yeah. go, I, I'd like to know what problems you're facing. Please respond in the comments box. And so I used that little controversial thing that I created to gather some attention and then get some feedback. I'll follow up on all of those people. Um, there's a way of doing that and even asking them to go to your website and answer the question or whatever. There, there are ways of doing it. But my advice to a younger person uh, who's in a situation where things aren't going to happen would be go someplace else and make them happen. Uh, because you have the freedom to do new things, but you also have the opportunity to become an example to others. And here's the interesting thing that I found. The, the church that I was in which seemed stifled that I served in as a youth pastor yeah. began to imitate what I did. They wouldn't do it while I was there. They didn't like it while I was there. Yeah. Yeah. But when, as soon as I moved out and began to have success, they began to imitate our success. And so there's yeah. a way to be a pathfinder in all of this. Yeah. So uh, that is uh, some very good thoughts for us here in Finland uh, about uh, how to engage. Um, it does um, feel that we're coming to a, a natural uh, uh, close of the podcast part of uh, of our conversation. And uh, um, is there, obviously, Ralph, we, we want to know where we can find out more, learn from your wisdom, and, uh, and we put all of that in the show notes. But uh, if you can... Uh, highlight some of the the things you're doing or things that you find that people would benefit the most from if they're wanting to be on this journey uh, where can they find find out more there's really uh, three things currently there would soon be four but the three things that I think I have to offer the first is a blog and it's yeah. free a podcast it's free I try to do one a blog a week and a podcast a week and then um, I, I have books online that I've written, and of course they cost money, you buy them through Amazon. Eventually I'm going to create some leadership courses. I'm actually in the process right now. I, I'm teaching a group tonight on how to write your first book and yeah. uh, get to make that into a course. And so all of that can be found at simply ralphmore.net. My name, R-A-L-P-H-M-O-O-R-E.net. And that's the, the, the portal into all of that that I have to offer. And and I, I really do welcome comments. I try to respond yeah. to everyone. I try to respond to emails. And so uh, I want to make myself available. I, I'm semi-retired, so I've got some time on my hands. And, uh, well, but also very sought after because of uh, just who you are and, and what God has done through your life. Um. Those are those are some great resources, and I benefited greatly from them myself. So I do highly recommend them, and uh, hope to see a, a move of Finnish listeners join uh, the pod, podcast subscribers group. 
Um, before we close, Ralph, is there anything on your mind uh, that you want to give us an encouragement to anyone who has been listening to this conversation that we haven't already touched on? Yeah, last year I had the wonderful opportunity of visiting to Finland, and I, of course, didn't see the whole country. I, I, I saw a very little bit of the country on the highway. We had some good conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And I met with maybe 25 leaders, and and then about 1,500 very wonderful people. And uh, when I met with the people, I was encouraged. They 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 seemed excited. Um, That was a good thing, but really it was the leaders that impressed me. And I feel like God's trying to do something new. He's He's pulled a number of you together, and and as you, you know, like coals in the fire, keep each other warm, and so that the fire can burn. As yeah. you continue to uh, feed off of each other, I think that right now uh, the COVID thing is a wonderful opportunity because we have the ability to communicate without leaving our houses. And we have yeah. more free time than we ever had before, and and so I I'm very excited about Finland. You know, when I look at the United States, uh, we're now we're not even saying it's a post-Christian society. It's gone beyond that. Yeah. The United States currently is a pre-Christian society. We're a pagan society, where a whole generation doesn't even know who you're talking about when you say the name Jesus Christ. Yeah. And they never cracked open a Bible. I talked with a 70-some-odd-year-old man who was arguing about Jesus and Donald Trump with me. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he grew up in a Catholic church, and he's telling me all about Jesus this and Jesus that, and Trump wouldn't do this and Trump wouldn't do that, Jesus this. And, and, and it was nothing like the Jesus I read about in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. said, Tom, have you ever read the New Testament? And, and he started laughing, and he says, no, I, I, I went to Catholic elementary school, Catholic high school, Catholic university, and, and Catholic graduate school. And in all my life, I can I can proudly say that I've never read the New Testament. Wow, that's amazing. But younger people are, are more like him than they are like me. They, they, they've grown up with no knowledge of God. I look at, at Finland, and, and I see Finland as a kind of a, in almost a post-Christian society, but still yeah. very Christian. And I think yeah. that there's that you have an opportunity not to get caught, as we did in the megachurch thing, and to skip ahead uh, if you're watching America and begin yeah. to make disciples and make disciples and plant microchurches. And I know that you have to deal with the, the, the state church and the system and the way that it is, But I, I really do think that there's an opportunity to go among unchurched people and start something mm. especially with them and for them. And I, I think Finland is a land of opportunity at this point. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Ralph, for your time and for your insights. And uh, I look forward to seeing what will happen as we continue these conversations in Finland. Because as you say, that when we go in the same direction that God is leading us in together. I think there's great things in stores for Finland. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, thank you for wanting to be part of what God is doing in Finland. It's a great journey to be on. And that's where we cut to then. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.